today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. All right, uh, boy, uh, not good news coming out of uh, out of uh, our health officials' offices. Dr. Tam, uh, who of course is looking at this uh, federally from uh, east to west, north to south. Uh, Dr. Tam has said that in the past seven days, COVID nineteen cases in Canada have increased by have increased by about forty percent right the way across the country. Are we taking the second wave of COVID nineteen uh, seriously? And you know, oddly enough, uh, data has showed that we are moving around quite a bit. Google and, and places that are, you know, watching your every move, and they do, they say that people are being active, certainly not to pre-COVID-19 uh, activity, but certainly are uh, more active than we were during the height of all of this. Let's bring in Ketra Schmidt, Associate Professor, Center for Engineering in Society, Concordia University, and is with us now. Ketra, thank you for the time. I hope you're doing well. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. So your thoughts as we see the numbers move north right the way across the country to the point where Dr. Tam has, has come out and said that uh, we've seen an increase by about 40% and is concerned. Yeah, I am uh, I predicted it. I, I felt that it would happen, but I'm so sorry to be uh, right about that. And so where we are now, what is what are the challenges moving forward? Where do you see us in the next week or two? I think that if we had a little bit of good news, it's that we are learning more about how to treat the disease. So I believe the rate of deaths is not going to be as high as it was during the first round. But it looks like we are at higher numbers, right, at least in Ontario um, than ever. So... Um, probably that is going to increase. We've had, um, here in Montreal, we're in the red zone. Almost everything is shut down except for essential services and schools. And although mask mandates have been extended, they haven't been extended to primary school. I expect we're going to continue to grow. So you said uh, earlier on, and many did uh, predict this, the second wave would come. Many are now questioning whether governments right the way across the country are prepared or were prepared for this, considering we could see it see it coming. Uh, we certainly see have seen uh, testing increase and, and, and ramp up. Uh, I guess we're up to uh, 48,000 tests uh, yesterday or today uh, in Ontario. But the issue is trying to get these processed and get them to the lab and get the results back in uh, in a timely fashion. Considering this is w- th- this was predicted, where do you think the downfall has been? Has it been in the inability to have f- fast, rapid testing? So testing is part of it, not just the rapid test itself or lab access, but also waiting time, ability to easily access the test. There's also been sort of unclear messaging and often not seeing leaders take the same action that they're suggesting that others take, uh, not just in Canada, but other places. Um, but the, the other side of this issue that really limits what government can do is the mounting conspiracies surrounding masks and the Quanon conspiracies. Um, but, a, but a number, there's a, there's a lot of anti-science resistance to the kinds of methods that are needed to control the outbreak. So it puts government, particularly democratic government, in a bind. How do you control this and also um, preserve people's liberties? It's it's really not an easy problem. So do you see this as a behavioral issue? 
and yeah. and and in the in the sense that we're just not masking up and or, or taking that advice is is that how you see this? I think that I think that the government is limited in taking stronger action or having stronger mandates because because of behavioral issues, right? In two ways, some people are just resistant and won't comply, um, and then some people really feel that there this is a actually dangerous right so it's a a small but but not insignificant population that um are getting caught up in these theories and so yeah i think that's part of what's going on and it makes the job of creating policies a lot harder when there's a a fair number of people who feel that they're uh, a limit on their rights has the masking issue been more of an issue in Quebec than other provinces? Um, it, you know, uh, if, if for us here in Ontario, uh, you know, I think we've got the message that we're all supposed to wear masks and, and, and what have you. But, you know, I think fatigue setting in and people are just letting their guards down. Is there a different issue regarding masks in the province of Quebec? Uh, I wonder, um, because... Yeah, I don't have any specific data on that, but I, I do think there might be a, a stronger resistance culturally here. I think that's possible. Yeah. Uh, Quebec is obviously... Across the U.S. too, right? Right. So- yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and I, I don't mean to, you know, to single out any province in that way, just trying to understand what's happening here. Obviously, Quebec is seeing higher numbers than Ontario, um, considering the population and such. Do you think that masking issue is a reason for that? Yeah, I, well, I also think it's the policies, right? But, it, but of course, as I said, that population's opinions on this stuff also has something to do with that, right? So, so it could be that uh, there's more hesitance to mask. I, I just, I can't say. I haven't really looked at the data. It seems like that might be true, but I'm, I'm not sure. So is this something more, and again, you know, the situation's a bit different in Quebec. Obviously, uh, you know, you're experiencing an extremely high uh, load of new cases, um, but that being said, is this is is should the federal government be changing the messaging? Should the provincial government uh, be seeing the message, uh, changing the messaging? And and I guess you know it might be a bit different there than it is in other parts of the country. But but what are you seeing as far as the biggest challenge to, to making people comply here? I think that is is treated as a provincial issue. I, I think this is happening at the provincial level. Um, what I think. There's such a difficulty because of this human and behavioral element and the fairly high uh, percentages of, of people who are not wishing to comply. So I, I would like to see stronger, not just stronger messaging, but more consistent messaging um, around using individual face coverings. Um, there. And I don't want to be overcritical of the even the provincial leaders, right? We've heard about a lot of people at the federal and provincial levels who went to their cottages when they weren't supposed to. This is, you know, going back. But I, on the, on the, so I see those as sort of not really consistent, right? Here in the schools, we sort of have an inconsistency that we're told children can be in classrooms um, below grade, sixth grade and below without a face covering. But, um, you can't go to someone's house, you can't play in someone's backyard. Those are inconsistencies that I think tend to make people estimate that the risk is 
uh, lower than it is, right? Because it doesn't really make sense if you consider them together. Um, so I think it's those inconsistencies that create messaging that isn't very clear to people. So it's really hard to say how risky it is. You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. You know, we've certainly heard a lot about mixed message, mixed messaging, and we've talked about it on the show uh, of late uh, quite a bit. And is there anybody now that isn't getting, you know, the message here? I mean, can we really use that excuse? And you talked about, you know, the premier going up to his cottage at the beginning of all of that, which, which, which really, I mean, come on, that's... <laughs> No, uh, at the end of the day, everybody know, and here in Ontario, it's a bit different because all the kids in the schools are wearing masks as per the board's suggestion, especially in, in the uh, metropolitan areas. So um, is the messaging, well, I know at least in this province, I, I think the messaging is getting out. I think people know what they what they can and they can't do. And, and I, you know, I, I think people have said or used the excuse it's mismessaging, mixed messaging when it really is just the fluid story progressing as as things move forward. Um, so can we really blame this on mixed messaging? I mean, who doesn't know that you're supposed to wear a mask and you're supposed to keep uh, two meters away and, and wash your hands a lot? I mean, that's hasn't that resonated for the last 30 weeks? Well, I'm not sure that it completely has, right? Um, because there's sort of official messaging, uh, which that's completely fair, right? Uh, that is evolving, but is pretty consistent and... Um, to the school's point, I believe that the number of school infections is tremendously lower in Ontario. I think it's about a third what it is in Quebec, right? So uh, certainly what I'm saying is more rooted in this province than in Ontario. On the other hand, Ontario cases are really up. So the point about messaging, though, um, well, I think everybody's cases are up right the way across the country. Every single province is is showing an increase. That's what has the Dr. Tam uh, saying, you know, federally, cases have increased by 40%. It doesn't matter what the province is. Yeah, exactly. Um, but what I'm saying is that whatever the official messaging is, um, and there's a lot of sort of uh, non-official messaging that's quite consistent, wear a mask, that seems really obvious. But it's very possible to end up in pockets of the Internet where people say very different things, right? There are beliefs that masks are causing transmission. Um, There are people who feel that, you know, this is risky. They won't get enough oxygen. There's there's a number of these, um, this sort of misinformation going around that um, I, I don't think we should underestimate the significance of those messages or the ways that they resonate with people. Then it's going to be much stronger an official government message. So we know that obviously uh, in Quebec uh, th- there's been a bit more uh, protest towards the wearing of masks. That being said, how are Quebecers reacting the fact that they've seen their numbers increase the way they are? I mean, is that not making them want to uh, follow the protocol? Yeah, I, I don't know. I am... Um... The, num- the numbers are, I'm really uh, personally worried about them. Um, but what I hear a lot of people say is, well, you know, you have to go on and live your life, which to some extent is true, right? Uh, we, this mm-hmm. has been going a lot, around a long time. Um, and of course, we're all kind of tired of it, right? Yeah. Um, but there, there are pretty simple tools we can use that are protective, right? And that, um, yeah, I'm not 
I've been surprised at the number of people who are really resistant to children wearing masks in the classroom. Again, that's not an issue for Ontario, but here it still is. Um, and are people in that people- province, are people in that province looking what's going on in other provinces that are masking up, such as Ontario and has a greater population, but lower numbers? Are they looking at Ontario and saying, well, maybe we're doing this wrong? Is, is Premier, Legault, is Premier Legault going down that road? Is he, is, is he going down that road at all? Well, I hope so. I really hope so. Um, but I mean, you know, it's, it's kind of a question of who's in your inverse, right? So on Twitter, the people who I talk with that I follow all feel that we ought to be masking and having an option for virtual schooling. On the other hand, um, I hear a lot of people Right. If I'm on Facebook, I hear a lot of people saying, oh, this is terrible for children. It's traumatic for children to have to wear a mask. Um, so I think it really depends on the community that you're in, which is back to my point. I think that the, there's so much more messaging that might come from your social media or your personal contact, contacts than the official messaging. Mm. And I think that could really be what's influencing people. But I'm How- asking for an explanation, too. I mean, this is... This is really upsetting that, yeah, that we're not yeah. in a better spot than we are by now. And, and it's interesting that as citizens are seeing numbers go up, they're not reacting to that. Or, you know, I mean, you know, is that because we're wearing masks and that's spreading the disease? I mean, you know, you'd even find it hard for that to gain traction on the Internet. Yeah, you would think so. But no, it's just either, <laughs> um, yeah, it is really, it is really surprising, right? And I hate to give it more oxygen by talking I know, about yeah, it with you, yeah, but I, I think yeah. that is part of what's going on. And then I also think people just are becoming really habituated to risk. Yeah, yeah. So there is this idea of trying to compare it to flu instead of saying, you know, you're right. Let's also try to control flu death um, because that's another preventable cause of death that you know we don't have to accept. Um, so I think that part of it is just sort of readjusting to this new normal and saying it's okay. And then, you know, you also see um, a president who is has an active COVID infection who's going around unmasked, right? I mean, I, I think that's, that's yeah. very powerful messaging. And that's really difficult uh, for anything that a federal or provincial government in Canada can do to combat. If you, depending on your personal framing of that, mm-hmm. that can look like... Um, a message all by itself. So do you feel that at this point it's up to the Premier, Premier Legault, to stand up and, and, and just simply um, increase uh, uh, increase the protocol in, in Quebec to that, perhaps similar to other provinces? It's time to actually, um, you know, um, oh, absolutely. close it down. Yeah. Well, close, close it down or, or do at least what, what you're and doing. And again, by closing it down, I don't mean a blanket closure, but certainly targeted yeah. situations. Yeah, I think, you know, if we had from the beginning been wearing masks in school and perhaps having uh, the, at least the option for slightly lower class time, um, I think that would have been better. And, and so this is what I mean by messaging. When you get the message that you can sit down in an enclosed space for six hours a day without a mask, it's hard to imagine why you can't um, go and have a party at someone's house, right? That it, it doesn't really make sense. So to me, it's in the policy itself. There, there's a contradiction that is a mixed message. And, and that's what I mean when I say mixed messages yeah. um, about what the government is doing. 
I know the Premier, again, asked, Premier of Ontario asked the same question in various news conferences over the course of, of the last few weeks, which we're all, you know, we're covering here live and such. And again, you know, many asked the question, how come you can, uh, you know, ask people to, to scale back on their Thanksgiving, yet you're uh, keeping restaurants open and that sort of thing? And their answer was very similar to schools. Restaurants, again, this is in Ontario, are very much a controlled environment. Their standards go going in, people are masked, they have to stay so much, uh, so many meters apart, uh, the tables can only be of, of so many people, um, and, and, you know, the reason that the restaurants and those establishments are staying open, from what the government says, is that those are controlled environments, as are schools. However, when you're in a social environment at Thanksgiving and you invite, I don't know, 5, 10, 15 relatives over, it's, you know, those protocols are not in place. There's nobody standing at the door telling you what to do. But that's what the difference is between the two scenarios. The premier's actually said it's apples and oranges. Has that message been portrayed at all? Or is it the case that in the hospitality establishments that the protocol is not being practiced? Right. So that, that is the framing. Well, listen, we have these protocols and they're working really well. But the protocols uh, don't control aerosol spread, right? So I think there's a sort of a wide spread, or at least I guess I can speak to Quebec, um, sort of rejection of what we know about how it spreads, right? It's, it's going through aerosols. So no matter how many times we're sanitizing doorknobs and chairs and our hands, um, if we're not wearing masks and we're indoors for extended period of time, periods of time, people are going to be exposed, right? Um, so that so when we say we're following a strict protocol, sure, but it doesn't control the airflow. It doesn't. Yeah. You know, there, there are other things we could be doing that are HVAC solutions um, that aren't being pursued, right? Maybe there are there's room for more technological solutions in that direction, but we have to admit that's actually how people are getting exposed. Ketra Schmidt has been with us, Associate Professor, Center for Engineering in Society, Concordia University, uh, monitoring uh, what is happening with the second wave. Ketra, thanks for the time and insight as always. Much appreciated. Be well. Always a pleasure. You too. Take care. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.